who are the top five best characters in Street Fighter V here in Season 4? Catalyst and I offer our opinions as well as share who we think are currently the most over and underrated characters on the roster. All that plus a quick news recap here on episode 46 of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Yes, I am here. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. All right, well, I don't know if you're ready for this because I'm going to ambush you today on the pod. Uh, I texted John earlier and said, hey, I have a big surprise for you. Which Uh, I'm assuming is the announcement of a raise, which I don't know why you're sharing that with everybody else, but I'm down as long as I'm getting a raise. I'm happy about it. Yeah, no, 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 definitely definitely not the case, but maybe it will lead (sighs) to one. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But you are officially assigned... Uh, as part of your job duties, you're being paid for this, and so you cannot refuse it. You have to play Colleen for two hours a week on the clock. And you have to play her in casual training or ranked mode. Uh, I don't, you, know, you don't have to play ranked mode because I don't want you to lose like, all your points. You're like a grandmaster or somewhere around there. I don't expect you to like, go down to like, you know, gold rank or something, you know, learning Colleen. But you must play her. You are assigned literally to do this. I'm your boss. You cannot refuse. I've been playing Street Fighter now for close to 30 years. And, and this is my favorite game in the franchise. And, and there's magic here. Uh, and this with this game, and I get it. Like I understand why people dislike Street Fighter Five, and all the reasons are valid. It's not like I'm going, oh yeah, you know, you guys are wrong. It's like, no, you're right. But like, if you polish up the the crap, it's really good. Like underneath, like there's a there's a layer of of poo surrounding the product. But if you get underneath that, there's like gold. Right? I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you that there is a layer of gold underneath the poo for sure. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, the the best part about this is I'm not even going to have to watch you or monitor you doing this. Um, like the whole community is going to be watching you. And if you go to Nikali and they see it, they're going to be like, shame, shame, shame on you. Like you cannot do this. Like, I don't even have to keep up on you. You know, you could do this. And, uh, a great part about this is Colleen has a, uh, witch outfit, which is fantastic. Uh, shout outs to Kitty Kaboom who uh, does cosplay with that too. But anyway, uh, besides the point, she does have a, a witch outfit, which is great. And there is a scarlet color. It is the two are the 10 color where she wears it. So, uh, the scarlet, witch, you're going to have the scarlet, witch. You have done so much research for this. I am, I am impressed. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's it. Um, this is your blessing, and it is your curse. Uh, you have to play Street Fighter Five on company time, two hours a week, but only as Colleen, and you have to get away from the college. Just and to explain that a little bit more, some of the characters in this game are very much a double-edged sword, and and we call them we call them dumb on the pod, and, and you know I. I work with words for a living, so you know I should know better than to just put a label out there like that that I don't think really properly explains the context of these characters. And, and a much better term would be very limited. Um, and, and the way I say limited is that you can do a lot with these characters. We've seen them win tournaments. We've seen them do a lot of other things, right? They, they, but they're, they're a double-edged sword in that you can play them, but you, you hit so many walls with the character and they're frustrating and they're difficult and they're so all or nothing in their nature. John wants me to broaden my horizons. Exactly. And, and, and a character like this, like uh, both, uh, Steven actually came up with this dream King. He's like, dude, Colleen is exactly like Goken. And I'm like, holy no, crap. No, no, no. Okay. Well, hang on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let, you, I'm let you explain that. But I heard that when she was first coming out, I don't remember who it was that said it, but they, they said something along the lines of she has a counter and she has a high fireball. So she 
she's Goken. Right. And I went, you're dumb. And I spelled it D-U-M in my mind, <laughs> which I assume is when we say something's dumb on this podcast. That's exactly how we're spelling it and all exactly. that implies. Yeah. But yeah, and, and so I've heard that before, but I do not see the correlation beyond she has a high fireball, which is nothing like that. And she has a counter. Uh, it, it, okay, so that, and then also she actually plays a footsie game and she plays a setup game. Uh, Goken was going to trap some people with fireballs, right? Especially someone like Hugo, who like had the hell of a time getting around his fireball traps. Colleen doesn't have anything like that. And, and Street Fighter V really doesn't have great fireball characters in the game. Even, even Sagat or Guile, they actually get, um, by a good bit with fireballs, but they can't do it like you could in Street Fighter Four, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's very much the Street Fighter V flavor of Goken is what I would say. You know, there's no demon flip, but she's got some kind of, you know, quirky jump setups. Um, she's got the fireball traps, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's enough flavors of Goken there with Colleen that I think you'll find a character that fits you quite a bit better than Nikali does. And, and again, I, I just, but I also go back to the footsies and other stuff. You, pl- you're such a calculated and smart player. Ooh. And again, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with you right there when you okay, say that <laughs> the footsies, <laughs> let me just tell you what footsies okay. were from my point of view during Street Fighter 4. Mm-hmm. I, I've of course heard the term footsies. I appreciated what the basics of what they were, but very, very few times was I ever calculating and thinking about, I'm going to wait for them to whiff and try to hit a button. I never once while I was playing Street Fighter 4, true story, thought I'm going to wait for a whiffed normal and punish it with something. It was all uh, a play on, by on. feel. Do and, you remember, and do you remember sweeps? And I was going to get to that. Okay, and okay, and okay. all of it was, all of it was, I'm going to do sweep because it's minus two, which by the way, uh, as much crap as we talk about street fighter five, Goken had a minus two sweep. I'm going to leave it there at that, <laughs> but no. And, and, and I'm, I did of course play footsies, but it was very much all by feel and not by, um, intellectual like progress. And my friends would always give me a hard time about it. Cause they're like, why did you do that? What did I do? What? I don't even remember it. Just, that was part of what I felt. I don't, I don't intellectually, uh, I wasn't mindful of it. I just did it. And, and I, and I, I very much abandoned that in Street Fighter V and then thinking about it, which maybe that's my problem, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was my approach to playing Goken and playing footsies in Street Fighter IV. Cats out of the bag. Right. Uh, so I, I will actually equate that because I, I think it's a big issue with a lot of people in the community is you're subconsciously aware of things that you do. And, and it's like frame data. Frame data, you know, became a huge thing in the community in recent times because we finally got access to it pretty mm-hmm. much, not universally, but but pretty much across the board. We finally have access to frame data, right? So now people are actually looking at these moves and saying, okay, this is negative five or this is whatever versus like, oh, I know you're punishable with this, right? And, and that's how it used to be. And, you know, the frame data and hitboxes have been there since, you know, the inception of these games uh, from the very get-go. Yet people's understanding and growth has come with that. So subconsciously we were aware of this stuff and it's better to be fully aware than just subconsciously aware, but both things will work is kind of what I'm getting at. So even if you couldn't articulate that before, even if you weren't like fully aware of everything you were doing, you were still doing it, if that mm. makes any sense. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think I said uh, about as much with, I mean, I was still playing that footsies game, uh, mm-hmm. but and I was really only using sweep for the most part for most of that. So. <laughs> hey, you know what? Don't knock it at work because you would sweep and then you would do your demon flip and like do a ambiguous cross up and all that crap i was oh, known I for the the sweep yeah. into the sweep they they called me the janitor at wednesday night fights and <laughs> here in tucson i was always the janitor because i was sweeping up 
Had you never heard that? Have I never? Uh, I know. I never, I never heard that before. That's a great nickname because yeah, you're always sweeping. That makes a ton yep. of sense. I yep. knew. I knew that. But never have dirty floors on my watch. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so you you agree to your assignment that you have to agree to. Right. Yeah, of course I do. I'm going to I'm going to go do it right now. See you guys later. All right. There we go. All right. So, um, yeah, I I'm really hoping that that this helps you, you know, and, and not only helps you, but helps other people in the community that are struggling with the game and don't realize that we have a really good product sitting in front of us. And if you're playing the wrong character in this game, which there's plenty of wrong characters and it's a huge flaw in this game that there are characters that can get by with with limited gameplay and you know succeed in it and it's what people you know complain about like well I can do crush counters in neutral and get by with that I'm like yes you can but your consistency when doing that is not going to be as good as a character who who kind of specializes more in traditional play right if you're fishing for that stuff in neutral yes you can get by with it but you're going to struggle again to to consistently get by with that and, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of the problems. And, and again, that it comes down literally to Capcom's issues with how they've designed the game. Um, they've made some big mistakes with it. And, and there it is. You know, we, we talked about it as we started. It's like you've got to, you know, sweep off the uh, feces to get to the good stuff. And, and there it is. And, well, who better than the janitor to do that? <laughs> there you go. So, all right. So that's it. Uh, I had to surprise John with this. He did not know it was coming. And and there it is. And I'm hoping Colleen is the right character. I, I, I have a lot of faith in her as a character in terms of her being pretty fundamentally solid. Um, and I hope she's a good fit for you. Um, but if she's not, then it wasn't my suggestion. It was uh, Steven's fault. So, of course. Yeah. Of course. We're very good at taking and passing the buck when it's inappropriate <laughs> here at Event Hubs. There you go. All right. So next up, we have Katana being announced for Mortal Kombat 11. And she looks hot to me. Um, I'm not sure if that means I have a thing for Tokido or not. Uh, but, yeah. I was wondering. Okay, yeah. here's the thing. I was wondering if I'm supposed to bring that up or not, because I 100% agree. And there's plenty of memes and whatnot or people posting about that. But I was like, okay, but we're also, you know, like being pretty professional and people are so sensitive about comparing, you know, like people that look alike and such. But no, she, especially the, the specific picture of Tokido, um, the, the I body you picture, I think is what it is, or any time that you can only see the top half of his face. Um, there was uh, someone posted the picture of Katana, the, the few that we have thus far, because it was just a quick spot. And it really looked, I, I was like, did someone Photoshop Tokido? Or is that exactly what I saw earlier? I wasn't even certain. Um, but yeah, also Tokido, very sexy man. We can all agree that. There you go. so um i'm pretty sure most of the footage we're seeing actually for mortal kombat 11 is going on the pc or ps4 pro or xbox one uh x um because when i played on the ps4 the the beta um it didn't look nearly as good as the videos that they keep showing and uh i'm not very happy with the ps4 which we'll get into here in a little bit more um but uh yeah the game looks fantastic like really fantastic but only i think if you're kind of running it on maybe more current hardware um it still looks good besides but you know that that like best looking fighting game ever i think kind of has to come with that yeah, I'm sure they're putting their best foot forward. Mm-hmm. And I and and I've said that before with past reveals and past showcases of the game, and I I think that the Katana reveal has been the best looking, like even better than those yet. Now that might just be because it's the most recent one, it's the freshest in my mind, but the game seems to look better and better every time they show it, which is pretty amazing. Mhm. So um, MKX actually came out the news with that, that it has sold almost 11 million copies. Um, That's like Smash Brothers numbers right there. Um, It's terrific. And and again, I think really needs to illustrate for the entire fighting game community that we need, need 
excellent single player content in our scene. Um, the audience is there, just deliver it to them and your sales are going to grow. And I'm not saying it's easy. Um, NRS probably makes it look easy, but they're, you know, obviously the, the, the front runners in single player content and fighting games by far, it's not even close. I don't even know who the, the close second would be. They are amazing. Um, it's great to see gamers at large supporting quality titles like that. Um, you know, what NRS is doing, um, their titles are not flawless, but you know, for 60 bucks, you're going to get a terrific experience with a Mortal Kombat or NRS title in general. They're just, they're very much the gold standard for content and approach in the, in the fighting game community. Yeah. And, and they've been doing this as you look back at older Mortal Kombat games and, um, and such, they've always done this even back in like trilogy and such when there wasn't a ton of single player, there wasn't a ton of content outside of just the basic fighting that you'll do in, in a fighting game. You, they had little mini games where you could play Pong and like uh, Galaga or versions of it. Uh, and then as it as it evolved into the Deception and Deadly Alliance years, they had stuff like Mortal Kombat Chess and these they they did like a single player third person adventure mode. And these weren't all successes by by any means. Some of them were kind of crappy or whatever, but they took risks and they really tried. And some of them were great. And and that's part of getting there. And so I feel like there might be a little bit of a fear of taking those risks and stepping out of the traditional, like, we're a fighting game, we need to be a fighting game. NRS has very clearly shown, and, and midway over, you know, longer times ago, um, that they that you can do this kind of a thing. You still have to have a core fighting game element to it, of course. But you can branch out and do these other things and, and just be fun and get a much wider audience, get a reputation that you're that even if I'm not a competitive gamer or a competitive fighting gamer, I can still have plenty of fun in plenty of different ways. And, uh, and, and you can take a break from the grind that is fighting games, which is much needed, um, and not even have to migrate to a whole other game to do so. Yeah, I agree. And actually, that kind of gets us into our next game here, and that's uh, Samurai Showdown. Um, this is gonna that would be a day one buy for me if it was gonna be on Steam, um, and it's not. You know, it's not gonna be on PC initially. It's gonna only gonna be on the consoles. Um, that's too bad. It looks great. This is one of my favorite fighting game franchises of all time, like ever. Um, and I'm wanting them to add stuff like crossplay. Like, where's crossplay? Where's the announcement about that? But I have to take a step back and realize that with SNK, they don't have the resources of AAA developers. Like, they're not the largest, you know, developing you know, studio out there in the fighting game community. Uh, I don't know how many people they have working on their games, but it's it's not the same as a Capcom, NRS, Bandai Namco. I get that. So it's coming to PC at some point. Uh, I will likely pick it up then if the reviews are strong and there's a good fun, you know, single player campaign uh, in there. Um, but I'm really not a fan of fighting games anymore on the PS4 because of experiences with Street Fighter V and the console in general. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I think the console's a piece of garbage. And I, I, I hate the way so many things run on it. I, I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm constantly making excuses and adjustments to play on the PS4 because of issues with input delay and just how the console like works in general. I, I think it's a crappy console. And so give me the PC or give me, you know, next generation consoles, like in terms of like, you know, a high resolution cross play, something like that. That's what I want um, again. And I get why SNK is doing the consoles first. It's that's where the biggest market's at. But for me, I'm going to take a pass on the game until I get those things, because those are the type of things that really make a huge difference for me and make me want to play a game 
Yeah, I, I'm hesitant to call the PS4 crappy. I think that's a little overdoing it for what I feel about it. But I will say that it does not live up to the standard that you would expect from the front of the line. That being, you know, kind of the, the trio of Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. What they've been producing and what expectations are for gaming, uh, you know, in, in here in 2019. I guess you could say whenever the PS4 release was at 2015 or 14, whatever. But... They they definitely have some shortcomings that are obvious. Uh, it, look no further than starting up Street Fighter Five, you know, and how long that takes, and and um, and that and that's not true on the PC. And the PC it gets way faster, but on Street Fighter Five on PS4, you'll you can start it up and then go make coffee and come back, and then you'll only have to wait about thirty more seconds before it's ready, you know. So um, yeah, I, I completely do agree that Sony, as far as hardware goes. It's it's not my favorite, and this is the first time that I've been. Uh, I've always had either Nintendo or or Microsoft consoles. I got a PS2 kind of retroactively to play Guitar Hero and God of War back when um, God of War two days. But it's really been PS4 since Street Fighter Five came out, and I've been experiencing it and noticing heavily when they ran Evo uh, for Street Fighter Four on PS4, and, and everyone was or PS3, I'm sorry, and everyone was talking about like the single frame of input lag. I hadn't almost ever played on PS3 before that. And just in the, you know, you only play a handful of matches when you're there on the showroom floor playing for pools and whatnot. And I could just notice in those moments of a, a difference between when I played at home on the Xbox or at or Wednesday Night Fights or wherever versus playing on the PlayStation. It's been a thing for Sony for a while. They have their they have their strengths, but this is definitely a weakness for them. Yeah, and, and you take your console online and everything is much worse uh, because you've got more overhead to play online. Um, and, you know, then you have online on top of it where you're dealing with bad connections and it just it makes the whole experience garbage. And I was actually playing my son at Street Fighter V because um, he's playing on PlayStation right now just to, you know, get practice in the background while I'm working in different things. And Are I'm you like, making him play Colleen. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. He's uh, he's starting with Ryu, which I think is a good choice. But Smart. Uh, he uh, we were playing and I'm just like, man, this feels like garbage. And and we're just playing in training mode, right? And, and just watching the, the frame stutters and all that kind of stuff. Yes, and that input yes delay. I was just, experiencing oh. that the other night. And, and, I mean, it's just, it, we're just trying to play in training mode. This is offline and, and it feels like garbage. And I'm just, I, I'm done. I'm done with the PlayStation. Uh, I, I personally will probably never buy another game for the PS4. You know, maybe the PS5 can win me over. Maybe Sony finally realizes the stuff they've been doing wrong with V-Sync issues and input delay and all that kind of stuff. Maybe they'll figure that out um, and probably will considering, you know, what what's coming with the, the G-Sync and FreeSync monitors and all that kind of stuff. That will make a huge difference. Um but even then, I, I'm just done with this this console generation. It's like, give me something better. So We started this little bit on Samurai Showdown and transitioned to how much crappier PS4 is than everyone else, which I don't disagree with. But I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the three new characters that have been revealed for Samurai Showdown. These are some sexy characters, and, and in both senses of the word, these characters look really good. And, and they're not realistic in the same sense that we were talking about with Mortal Kombat, of course. That's, it looks like people, it looks like, <laughs> with Mortal Kombat, uh, I, I reference back to that Love, Hate, and Robots show on Netflix where I'm starting to not realize whether or not it's an actual person or if it's a CGI. Mortal Kombat's starting to get into that kind of realm with Katana. These are very much more more, you know, a little bit more in the way of, of cartoony. Uh, it's got an art style to it. But that said, the design on these three new characters, I'm not going to try to say their names. There's Darley Dagger, Wu, 
and uh, Yashimaru. I'm not going to go into last names and such, uh, but they look really good. And and I've I've rarely played much in the way of Samurai Showdown, but even just the the attention to the the artistic direction and the detail that I'm seeing here makes gives gives the game a, I guess a certain sense of charisma as I watch it as a newcomer and as like kind of an outsider for the time being. And, and I would give it just a go around just as like a, an acknowledgement to how much obvious effort's been put into this. So I don't know that I'm going to necessarily play this game, but I really do think that these guys are intriguing. And as someone that's, I guess you could say, on the fence, uh, th- this is a big win. And so, so good job. It's looking really good. One of the things that I think about when I, when I look at Samurai Showdown, uh, as you said, well, I guess you said for SNK in general, but... Uh, these guys aren't AAA. They're not in the forefront, uh, and and they're not like you know out there like Mortal Kombat's going to be out there, or Street Fighter, or Smash Bros. They're kind of like you have to dig a little bit deeper into fighting games before you're going to come across them. And so it's it's a question of how many people are going to see and appreciate this and give it a chance. And so far, from my fairly limited perspective. I think that Samurai Showdown is earning that chance, and I really mm-hmm. hope that that translates into people giving it, um, giving it a go. And and who knows if the gameplay is is worthwhile or not? Um, we don't know that yet, of course. But as far as what we've seen, it, it's really good, and I'm and I'm excited for it, and I'm hoping for the best for it. Yeah, the game looks fantastic. The updated designs for the characters, they're true to who the characters were, and but they're they're very much a 2019 flair to it. And that's not easy to do. We, we've heard multiple game de- uh, developers talk about that and say, bridging the expectations and yet keeping stuff updated and relevant is hard. And I think, I, I think every single fighting game developer and probably most developers out there that have to update older titles say that, right? And to make your game look as good as Samurai Shodown looks here, I, I really do tip my cap to them. Um, I, I'm quite excited about the game. I'm just not excited about the platforms it's on. So. Sure, sure. And this is coming off again. What's the, What was SNK's last or maybe two ago? A uh, big one was king of fighters 14 and remember what that looked like when it first came out it was a it was a fiasco it almost i I dare say it almost killed the game before it even began Mm -hmm. and we know that that can happen with graphics from other games and uh (laughs) the the, games are you speaking of respects i forget (laughs) it was an infinity ago that that happens yeah definitely Uh, but no and and these this game really looks good and and like in the way that these three newcomers have been shown there's like a a, just a basic 2d style like just like their character art and then there's like the thumbnail that's a different style on the um on like the the YouTube uh, uh, trailer that's shown, and then there's their in-game actual appearance, and all three of them, slightly different in style, all three of them are freaking beautiful. Yeah, yeah. All right, so next up, we have Evo Numbers. And right now, it's no surprise to me that Smash Ultimate is number one. Uh, That game is incredible. It's... I'm starting to see players. Uh, we actually have an upcoming tournament this weekend. It's one of the Saga events. And for those who are not familiar with it, the Saga events for Smash 4 were dynamite they weren't good they are some of the best tournaments in the fighting game community period um and that is coming up again this weekend we've got a ton of top smash players in there uh the fact that that smash ultimate again is number one at evo is really no shock to me i'm over a thousand people up there right now this is an incredibly good game uh i've never been like you know the biggest smash fan but even i can realize like this is just like a game that is as should be one of the pinnacles of the fighting game community and probably always will be in terms of what nintendo was able to accomplish uh shouts again to bad namco who who had an involvement with this one as well um 
the Smash community is great about supporting their games. Uh, props to them. There's no melee at you know Evo 2019. They're like, hey, you know what? Oh, whatever. Uh, not whatever, but you know, but they're still out there supporting their game. Very obviously, number one title right now. Forty days since registration opened, um, and. And yeah, uh, so we're going to see how this, you know, closes out. Uh, I still think this is probably going to be the number one game at Evo. I, I think it's that, you know, popular and that many people are trying to play it. Um, but, you know, there's still quite a ways to go here until early August when Evo actually happens. Yeah, and it's the new game. And so that makes total sense. When Street Fighter V came out, it was the new game and it got over 5,000 entrants. Last year, Dragon Ball Fighters was the new game and it had the most entrants with a little over 2,500 this year, we don't know the exact numbers, but we know it's they've broken a 1,000 here 40 days out. And Mr. Wizard tweeted about it and said, uh, what did he say here? That um, th- this could be a record-breaking year. I, uh, yeah, you're right, it could be, but I don't think it will be. I think that's just like kind of getting things a little bit hype, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing Super Smash Bros. be, you know, have more than 5,000 at Evo. That'd be great if it did, and that'd be a really good look for the tournament and for the game and its community as it continues to grow into these new chapters. But at the same time, Street Fighter V... Street Fighter has been the the final, you know, the main stage kind of of main stage games at Evo for a long time. So there's a specific kind of like identity that Evo has associated with Street Fighter. And so that could change over the years, but I think still right now it, it is that. And so I'd, I'd have a hard time seeing, uh, what is it, Smash Ultimate kind of surpass that. But again, if it does, that's great. I just am like, that's a little bit of a stretch considering where we're at right now. A thousand, or you know, going from a thousand to five thousand, it could happen, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, I mean, what if uh, Street Fighter sitting at nine hundred ninety, you know, and <laughs> it's like twenty, you know, behind Smash Ultimate or whatever? It's like okay, it wouldn't be too big of a shock if that was the case, right? Um, but still, uh, very nice on them. Um, and I'll yeah. say that the uh, Evo staff seems really excited and happy about the numbers that are out there right now. Um, Shouts to the crew out there. I'm happy for those guys, and it's well earned. Um, Evo continues to be one of the best ran tournaments um, in the entire fighting game community. If you have not been to an evo i highly recommend you go at least once um it's a magical experience where you feel the hype and the energy kind of on a level you've maybe never felt before and i'm not saying you know other events haven't lived up to that or surpassed it but evo is just there is something about it where you feel you feel it when you you're there and if you've never felt that, it, you do, you are missing out. And I, I again, just go once. If it, once in your life here in the, in the fighting game community, do that. It, it's you'll you'll be happy you did. Uh, one other thing while we're on this, um, who was it? Let's see here. Is uh, Dakota uh, did the story for the the announcement that Ultimate had broken a thousand entrants thus far, and he linked up the 2018 entrant numbers. And uh, looking at number four and five, Smash for Wii U and Smash Melee. Smash for Wii U last year had 1303 entrants. Melee had 1302. Just one more person. And and some of you guys probably already know that. but I, And I think I had seen that before back when it had happened. But I thought that was kind of cute and I, I wanted to share it out again. Mm-hmm. All right. So next up we have the top five characters here in Street Fighter V. And I want to lay out the criteria that John and I looked at um, so people know. This is not just... 
the tiers matchups and you know who the number one character is in the game like straight up from the matchup standpoint this is citing the cpt performance so far of you know 2019 how we think it's going to play out and and i think that's very important to include in this process because you might have a character that actually has really dominant matchups but they're either so hard to play or you know they have different x factors going for them or against them where they're not that popular on the cpt and the cpt is hands down the pinnacle of fighting game execution, quality, um, com- competition, period. Um, and, and so if a character is maybe higher up on the, you know, tiers or matchups and they, they should be, but not getting the results in the CPT, that's something I very much, you know, accounted for when I was looking at this. Sure. We've seen time and time again where the on paper kind of aura that a character exudes versus their actual performance don't necessarily line up, especially after uh, balance patch update notes come out. But before we've put them in practice or had some time to let those play out, uh, you'll, you'll, you know, we heard, for instance, Bison being like, oh my gosh, he's for sure the best when we, back in December when we first saw this, because everyone else got nerfed and he got a little bit of a buff. There's no way Bison's not the best. And, you know, yeah, he's, he's up there, but like, we'll, we'll see. We haven't seen that kind of result from him. Um, and so there are often times where, you know, you look at the paper and it says one thing, but the results say another. So it's, it's kind of a, a you know, you, you got to bring all the different pieces of the pie here when you're making these kind of assessments. It is what's on paper, but it's also what's, um, you know, happening in the actual competition. Because, I mean, in, in certain senses, that's the most important thing. But, right. you know, it just depends on the angle you're looking at. But we want to get this from as many angles as possible to give the, uh, you know, just the most informed view that we can. Yeah, and there's definitely other factors that, that I personally looked at, uh, and we're going to explain more of them as we proceed. Uh, those are the two biggest, but something else I will mention is people dropping a character or picking them up is a big factor in my list, too. Um, if you see near everyone sticking on a character despite changes they may have received, they're probably still very, very good. Uh, the opposite is true as well. Um, and then there's a middle ground, which we're definitely going to talk about, like who's dropping the character and for what reasons. Um, mm-hmm. So to get into this a little bit more, I had... Uh, nine characters when I initially like whittled down the entire cast I took you know all 35 and I got down to kind of like nine candidates who I thought could be in the top five Um, and I think that speaks really well to how compact the tiers are in this game at least towards the top of the game you know um, if you play Vega or Alex you know sorry like that's your that's your curse right Um, but then I got to thinking that these characters Um, which ones would be a travesty if they're not in the top five? And that really helped me solidify who I thought should be up there. That was hard to do. Like, it was hard to go, okay, like, damn it. Like, if this character isn't in there, like, I think people are going to laugh at me and I can't have that. Like, everyone needs to agree with me because my opinions are all, you know, right and correct. Um, But so I thought about this for a long time, really trying to make this as logical and future-proof as I can make it. Um, And then that's Sans having a huge, like, wrench, like, thrown into my plans with, like, a 4.5 patch, right? Because you can't really predict what's going to happen if, you know, one character gets gigantic balance, you know, changes and so forth. Mm Mm-hmm. So getting into it now, um, uh, I have my number one character, and this is, and I'm kind of curious if you have the same thing, uh, and that is Rashid. Uh, and is, is your number one Rashid or someone else? So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but I, 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 I can't, in good faith, separate Rashid and Akuma. Mm. So 
So it's one and two either way, but I don't have enough of an understanding and I've gone through and I got some notes and some character characterizations for these characters. Um, my approach here, as far as trying to, you know, you just talked about how you came across your top five and, and what you did to whittle that down. There are a lot of characters that have obvious strengths and things that should go far. And beyond that, there are a lot of characters that have a lot of strengths on paper, but then after that, you go, well, what are the things that certain characters have that are the pillars that elevate them up to, to God status, right? To everybody else, to top five status. What are their specific strengths that take them all the way up there? And, and even more intricate than that, what are the specific strengths that really work in Street Fighter V in this game's particular atmosphere and flow that, that are, you know, are particularly good? Because some characters are going to be really good at something that it's not that important to be good at. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so all of those kind of things considered, I have um, Akuma and Rashid up there as a, as a one-two simply because they are so incredibly varied in the different pillars that elevate them to the top. They, they, I mean, we can, we can go into details, but I can very much start with Rashid, who I have named, nicknamed the constant threat. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the first things that emerge as something that separates this character, whom we've spoken about at nause, ad nauseum, I get it guys, but I think that delving into, you know, a little bit further and understanding the particulars of, okay, well, why is very important for for understanding how to you know continue to make characters in the future, whether it be balancing this game or making another, um, and Rashid is very good at uh, um, what is it? Starting offense. Mm. He is not one that has to hang back all the time. He can. Well, anyone can do that, but he gets to um, he gets to be preemptive in so many different ways. And when we've talked about the juggling act of Street Fighter V. Some of it is just throwing so many pins at your opponent that they're not ready for one specific and then boom, eagle spike. Or then boom, uh, a heavy punch from just the right distance or a fireball or you know, I, I pop my V-trigger and can come at you from every, every which way or whatever. Rashid is constantly threatening you from so many different angles with so much potential advance that he just inherently from just freaking standing there puts his opponents on edge in a way that I think virtually none of the rest of the cast can do, not at his level. So you're playing the juggling game with Rashid from at all times, and when he's just standing there doing nothing, just inherently, which I think can cause opponents to uh, to to overextend for no reason. Well, 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 there's a reason, but for without actually having him do something, he can get you to. Well, I gotta jump forward. I gotta not be in this range where Rashid's at advantage, which. Spoilers, that's all ranges, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Even even when he's in the corner, right? Like, that's the infamous case. And we're even seeing tournament-level players get hung up on this where they're trying to hang back at a range where Rashid can't jump off the wall and do his weird and crazy jump angle to get out. And even then, they're struggling to keep him there and not have Rashid, like, immediately switch to having the advantage in the match when he's cornered! When he's freaking cornered! And, ugh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of my... One of my uh, my notes here is his disadvantage is mineral is minimal. There are very few times where Rashid is a quote unquote normal character in terms of being on defense, because um, he has that natural offensive presence about him. 
um, because he has so many proactive tools. And he's so slippery that the only time someone can really go in on him without hesitation is when he's meterless and knocked down in the corner. Well, meterless and knocked down if you're on him, but cornering him even out of itself can very often be just a you did the work for me kind of situation because of his ability to slip out with the wall jump mix-ups and 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 that's true for Akuma too for, to an extent because Akuma is very good at side switching mm -hmm. but I think no one can touch Rashid when it comes to being strong because he's cornered right and there are other characters with wall jumps absolutely but no one's got Rashid's abilities there. Uh, I'll quickly list off here some of the people that are playing Rashid in the tournament circuit right now. Uh, Gachikun, Capcom Cup winner, John Takauchi, uh, Oil King, JB, Moke. Moke stayed with the character, and now Big Bird. Um, Big Bird is, he, he's actually went from playing Kin kind of primarily to Rashid, and he feels that, that Rashid is actually a stronger character, like even tier wise, than Kami, Colleen, or Zeku. And, mm. and he posted that up on Twitter. Uh, and something a little more closer to home here is Squall. Um, that's a, a notable Nikali player. And now he's actually switched up his main to Rashid too. And and now Nikali is a sub character. So I could actually list another five or six Rashid players who regularly place in tournament, um, not massively high, but like that are still playing the character actively. He is massively, massively, massively popular at high levels. He's probably going to be the number one CPT character this year, would be my guess. I don't know if he's going to beat Kami or not, but regardless, it's going to be close, I think. Some of his basic tools that I have listed here, Invincible Reversal, 3-Frame, Fireball, Fast and Erratic Movement, uh, his normal ranges, uh, an extremely useful V-Trigger, and there are two bars, um, and very reliable anti-airs. And those are just some of the basics. You know, you can go into the other stuff that we've talked about, how he's able to slip out of the corner and not only do that, but essentially put you into the corner into mix-up territory. Um, his offense is, it, it might not be the best in the game, but it's its it very much gets the job done. Um, and, and what's more is because of a lot of the ranges of his normals or his specials, a lot of the times where you find yourself um, set into specific ranges. I think the easiest uh, uh, example of this is like when you tech a throw, mm -hmm. you're going to be at the same range every time. Rashid so often finds himself at advantage at those ranges. So like a, a regular block string out to, you know, the, the kind of the default distance that happens. And, and so, so these, I guess, regularly occurring distances between characters, Rashid's almost always at advantage against a lot of the cast yes. when those happen. I honestly don't know if Rashid is the best overall character in the game from a matchup tier standpoint, and I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, but I can't in any way, shape, or form put him out of the top three. Like that is a, he is a lock to be a top three, like overall kind of matchup and other character. Cause I, I realize that there's some characters who kind of beat him up a little bit. Um, I know he's had some trouble like with uh, Abigail players of all things. Um, and there's been a few other ones that, you know, he's had trouble with. So he's not this like unbelievably super dominant force. Um, but he he is very frustrating to play against because he he breaks the rules for a lot of characters, and, and yeah. So uh, you you couple his overall talents with his expected results, and again, that's why I have him number one. Uh, another thing that I think he's relatively speaking pretty easy to use um the odds of you dropping a tight combo are lower than most other characters in the game um i'm not saying he's easy to master but his base level of execution and setups don't require quite a lot to pick up on and do um so yeah uh Rashid is based heavily on that for me. 
Uh, I'd love to see the character nerfed because we've just seen him be dominant for the last couple of years now, and I think it's been far too long. And the character, um, I, I don't think he really got buffed necessarily, like in you know season four. Um, I think he basically maintained a status quo. He's pretty much probably exactly the same as he was before, but pretty much everyone else got nerfed around him. Why did you leave Rashid intact and nerf basically every other character that was high tier? I don't well, get and it. they've they've nerfed him. Remember season three at the beginning and yes. how they the, the three point five emergency patch was more for Rashid and Abigail than anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And some other stuff happened, but Rashid and Abigail were the targets for that, and they were the mains. Like they were what, getting people to cry out and say, "We need another balance patch." And um, but uh, one other thing to the to the point that you were making about we need someone else kind of on top at this point. We were at Capcom Cup when Gachi-kun won, and it was it was good. We were happy mm-hmm. Gachi-kun won and everything, but the hype in the room for, like, it was it was definitely different having a Rashid player win than it would have been if, like, Itazan pulled it out there, right? Yeah, our, part our, of that was... Our Tokido or anyone, like, even even an Akuma player, I think people would have been more hype about, right? The, again, nothing, or that's nothing against Gachi-kun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and especially as a competitor, like yeah, of course we're gonna play Rashid. Are you dumb? It's right. Like, yeah. yeah right. Of course. But but yeah, the, there was not the same sense of like when Mena won. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. the 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 energy in the room uh, was was so was was amazing. Uh, but like when when Gachi Kun won, it was like ah, the confetti's coming down. All right. Well, uh, is there an announcement? I guess they're gonna show Kage. It, but it was very it was very like lukewarm compared to what Capcom Cup can, has been. You know. Um, and so, and I think a massive part of that is that we're like, ah, well, cool. Rashid won. Sick. The Yankees won again. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, one other thing that I just want to further articulate about him and, and, and his corner situations is that when you have this character cornered, you know, he's got that threat of wake up DP. Plenty of characters have that. So, I mean, that's, that's good for him, but it's not everything. Right. And so, but he can also, as we've talked about, go off the wall and, and either jump out just to get the space, or he's got like a diagonal uh, attack down where he drops his knee, ends up on the other side of you, and I believe is plus. And so then you're cornered and you have to suddenly deal with, with him. And, and, um, and then like if you try to so stand back and let him try to do that, if he goes off the wall and you try to DP him, a lot of the times you're just gonna whiff and he's gonna get a crush counter plus you're cornered into Oki situation. Like how significant is that, especially in a game where uh, that kind of regardless of how much life you have that can very much be the beginning of the end for you right just one more sequence and and stunned into ggs depending on meteor in, in the situation um and it's like so so what you have to do to combat that is you stand back and sometimes preemptively jump up or jump forward because you think he's gonna go off the wall and then if he doesn't go off the wall you've cornered yourself because you've jumped forward and then he, he you know it's it's like you're never at the advantage that you would assume that that you are against virtually all of the rest of the cast to varying degrees that you are against Rashid and and so in a game where people talk about how hard it is to come by defense he's just like yeah well no it's all good and then plus everything else that we've talked about in the way of offense and the fact that he's preemptive if you're like well I'm just going to slow things down and really calculate against Rashid which is not a terrible strategy Mm -hmm. but that's not stopping him from being well I'm just going to do Rashid stuff and hope it sticks because uh, so much of his so many of his options he can just kind of get out there and get started preemptively not having to necessarily wait for you to overextend um, yeah, we're, we're a few yeah. years off from this, but I would love to see the amount 
amount of time that Rashid's opponents spend in the corner versus other characters. Um, maybe Capcom has his stats. Maybe someone else does. I don't know. But um, I would bet that he's a number one character in the game probably by a, a a pretty large margin because of how often he's able to carry his opponent into the corner off of just a straight hit or a straight combo like his, his ability to do that and that is a very powerful thing for Rashid of all characters to have but pretty much any character in the game when they corner you you're in a pretty bad spot and and the fact that Rashid can do that with with such ease compared with most of the other cast members it's mind-blowing to me and then of course as you're just mentioning oh great I cornered Rashid oh great now he has a mix-up on me <laughs> and now I'm in the corner and uh and watch rents repeat so. Yes, yes. You it very. You don't feel and, and we're, the way we talked about him, it feels like well, this is an invincible character that's never lost. Right. Of course, that's not the case, right. right? But but he did win Capcom Cup last year, and and I don't think anyone's going to really argue with a Rashid as a number one pick, save for maybe some Rashid players. But even they might realize that yeah, this is this is pretty broken. Gotcha. So uh, so next up, uh, I do actually have Akuma as my number two character overall. Uh, just some notable players that are playing him. Of course, Tokido. Um, NL has actually switched from Kami to Akuma. Um, high Otani had previously switched from Nikali to Akuma. Um, Otani, uh, that's another Fudo player. And, and Fudo, not the uh, the player that we know of, but the, the esports group in Japan. Um, uh, he's playing him well. Uh, and then uh, Takamura has switched from Kin to uh, Akuma as well. And then we have uh, Samurai and, and Dark Jaywa. Um, and this guy is all over the results. Um but I feel his performance actually in terms of, of results is actually just a bit under Rashid, which is why I have him at number two overall. Um, I actually think he's probably a better character just like matchup tiers wise. Um, uh, but I, I don't think he's going to have as good a performance in 2019. So um, while Akuma may be better than any other character in the game, uh, it, it's Okay, so actually, let me back up here and say that this guy has so few problem matchups and wins so often against the other cast members, like with his air fireball and his rush down. It creates a lot of problems for fighters. Some people have answers, like for his air fireball, right? Like if you have a DP or invincible one, you can get around it with that. But watching um, watching Punk play against Tokido, um, Tokido would throw his air fireballs at certain ranges, and it looked like Punk was actually trying to use Karen's command dash to get under them. And he was only successful doing that about 20% of the time. And when he did not do that, Tokido was blowing up and actually ended up winning NCR. Um, very, I, I think very much in large part due to the air fireballs. And Karen is a character you wouldn't necessarily think that struggles to get around that stuff. But watching Punk struggle with that is like, ooh. And that fundamental advantage, that 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 key thing right there, I, that's what makes me put you know Akuma above Rashid from a matchup standpoint, right? Um, it, it, there's a lot of characters who just struggle with the angles and the speed at which he attacks at. And then you take in stuff like his his footsies and his neutral, they're really good too. Um, this is a character with so few weaknesses and so many strengths. Um, but, so here's the buts here. Um, Akuma actually takes a pretty solid amount of skill to use. I wouldn't call him highly technical. I don't think he's another Minot or a Zeku, but he's definitely not easy to use. And you see that that opinion pretty much universally shared among many players out there. Even people who are very salty about Akuma. Um, your odds of dropping a game-winning setup or a combo are higher than someone like Rashid. Um, and you see this happen in tournaments sometimes. It's not super common, but it does happen. And you're seeing like even the best of the best Akuma players like, okay, Am I even going to go for the setup? I'm even going to try it because, like, if I drop it, I'm dead. And that has to be a factor in overall rankings, especially when you're seeing tournament players like say, "I'm not even going to attempt this," or you know, "or I did attempt it and I dropped it." I mean, that can cost you a tournament. That could literally send you into losers. If you're in losers, you're out. 
it's a big part of why Tokido is so revered and honored and appreciated for what he does because Akuma has so many different, I guess you could say, moving parts that you need to be aware of because yes, he has all the tools to get it done. And I and I, I do I really like the way you're talking about it. As we've kind of hashed it out here, I, I'll solidify that um, actually I do think Rashid is number one, but I think uh, Akuma on paper and technically is better than Rashid, but it's that's if robots are playing. The human factor is what puts Rashid actually over Akuma because of, I guess for lack of a more nuanced way of saying it, because he's easier to play and he's easier to get in those good situations. And, um, and, and Akuma being a glass cannon, it just further accentuates the fact that you have to play perfectly to win. So I remember when, I, when, when Akuma first came out, um, just at the end of, I guess it was the end of season one, I wrote a paper, or a paper, <laughs> I wrote an article <laughs> on the site um, about why I think that Akuma is probably the best character, will be the best character in the game, but only if machines are playing. And then the question is, will people like Tokido or Infiltration, who is kind of known for playing Akuma amongst everybody else, um, and, and, and players like that, will they be able to reach that level with him, that Terminator-like level where you really see his potential because his ceiling is so high, where like Rashid is, is a much lower ceiling and it's easier to access the amazingness and, and he's got a lot more safety nets under him. In, in what he does than Akuma. So yes, I think that in a perfect setting, Akuma is the best, but as far as taking everything into account, human error and how many people are going to play Akuma versus how many people are going to play Rashid, both popular. But I, I think at the end, for our purposes here, Rashid is actually going to be the, the character that wins more often. And like, look at the results. Tokido's really the only one that's winning tournaments with Akuma. Yep. You know? Um, and and you even have players like Haitani that are that are playing the character but are not able to make it work to the point that Tokido is. And then you have Rashid. I don't know if he wins quite as often, but you have more players winning tournaments, different players winning tournaments with Rashid over these last couple of years mm-hmm. than you have with Akuma. And I, and I suspect that we we might see similar that trend kind of continue here in season four. And, but then, you know, and, and that exists also on, like, the, the lower levels. Uh, if you follow Wednesday Night Fights uh, up in um, Oakland and such, Samurai often wins with Akuma in, in his Wednesday Night Fights and such, too. Um, so I, I do think that, yes, again, the character is probably the best, but that's an on-paper, and that's in a perfect setting, and it's really only Tokido that's shown that on the highest of levels he can make that character work. All right, so I'm going to have you go up here with number three and have you kick us off, and who do you have at your third spot? So this is where things kind of got a little bit hazy, mm. and I wasn't sure. And as far as ordering them here, it's again, Rakuma or Rashid are for sure at the top. And then beyond this, it's kind of weird. But after after looking around a bit, I decided Ibuki. Oh, okay. I'm completely open to discussion. It's early in the Pro Tour season, right? And so the information that we're getting as far as how the pros are performing, which characters are actually winning these tournaments is just beginning and that's a huge part of the information here that we need to take into account but fujimura once again is kind of like the leader of uh of the abukis with shen as a, as a close second and fuji has has won a tournament already when that was a big up for for putting the character up this high 
Um, she's been nerfed. She doesn't get as many free kind of mix-up situations, but if you're playing her with tact, she still gets those mix-up situations, and she still very much translates that into damage so often. She's also able to pick up damage from seemingly anywhere on the screen if she catches you with a kunai, with her, with her V-trigger, with anything. Uh, Fujimura has shown just how powerful this character can be. And we see a good amount of Ibukis. Perhaps not mm -hmm. quite as many as you might see Akuma or Rashid, uh, but she's up there. She's definitely up there. And um, she, Fuji winning one was uh, was a big deal in in getting her this high. And then Shen won the uh, one of the online CPT events that's happened. I think there's only been one as far as I understand it. And he won that one. So I'm like, well, considering all things, that puts her up there, you know? Yeah, I actually do not have a Buki in my top five. Um, I would have put her at six overall. Um, and the reason why I didn't put her up higher is her results have not been, in my opinion, nearly as impressive as everyone else. Um, she got very legitimate nerfs. Um, and I think that's already being reflected with what we're seeing on the Pro Tour right now um, from Fujimura and from Sien. Um, I think Shine... Um, he seems to have climbed a, a bit higher with the character, but I think that's mostly due to his own personal growth as a player and not really any kind of status change with Ibuki. Um, but again, we're seeing the character not perform as well as she did in Season 3. And I look at the the two nerfs that she got to her frame data in particular with her V-Skill and then with her V-Trigger too, and I think those have been substantial, especially from watching a tournament where before she would get kind of an extra mix-up on her V-Trigger too, right? Where she toss it, she'd be plus two. Um, now people can really kind of press her on that, and, and they have a few extra escape options you know they're still in a bad spot but they're not in as terrible of a spot they, as they used to be and for those reasons alone actually i've kind of dropped her i've dropped her out of of my top five again six is not any kind of a you know cry me a river type thing if you're complaining about that abuki players but um it, it that's still a very good spot for the character in my opinion uh but yeah but even with two cpt wins there's only been i think five events it's wishy-washy at this point. It's very hard. And, and also want to say, uh, for how many times I got hung up here, I go, that means balance is, is not too bad, man. That's a pretty good testament to, to what this, you know, this game's balance has become. If it's this hard to figure out just the top five, um, good on you, Capcom, for, for getting it to be at this point. But uh, that was kind of the thing that, like, well, nobody else has wins like that. Um, and it's, it's still early. But based on that, it's like, well... Abuki's pretty scary just just based on the results pages. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at stuff like that, and you're right. She has won two, you know, big tournaments and stuff. But I also look at her results, and I'm seeing her kind of fall down the list a little bit more um, in terms of other people playing her. Right, like we've got CN, we've got Fujimura, we've got Shine, and then who else? Right. Uh, I know that Kazunoko's been experimenting with the character a little bit. We've got other people, you know, messing around with her a bit, but. For a character to be in the top five to me, I think that I have to see more people dropping their mains to go to her. You know, to say like, hey, I haven't just been playing Ibuki for this long. I mean, you know, Fujimura and Sien are like two of the best players we have in our entire community, right? They're they're incredible. Um, I would want to see other people kind of like going away from what they're doing and, and kind of gravitating towards that character for me to put her up higher. But but again, point well taken. Uh, you can't discount that she's won two events already. And again, I'm not like, this is me trying to put a top five together and it's damn hard. And that was the thing where it's like, well, that's a tangible kind of t just fact that I can go off of given where we're at in this 
fairly early stage. So I'll use that. But if she ends up being like, if we were able to quantify it and she ends up being sixth overall, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's, that's fine by me. But yeah, that's that's my reason for putting her up this high. Oh, well, so but how about you? What do you have on number three? I have Cami actually. And I think there's a case to be made. She's still the number one usage character in the game. Um, I definitely think that she's fallen off tiers wise, but still is damn good. Um, some of the notable people, uh, people playing her uh, include Zhao Hai, Gamer B, Knuckle Doo, Mago, Pal, uh, K Brad, Alex Myers, uh, Momi, Valoran. <laughs> uh, you can see the list goes on there quite a bit. Um, and you'll actually still see uh, NL play her a little bit, even though he's mainly playing Akuma. Like he still sometimes switches back up to Kami. That's a huge list of players. And that is kind of one of the defining things of Kami is. It got so bad last year in season three where we would write an article if Cammy did not get the number one usage spot. It was a big mm. deal. And we did not write very many articles about that. That did not happen very often. Um, it, she's insane from the usage standpoint that we got. Um, and she didn't get touched that much. Like, she's still damn good. Uh, and you can see that by the amount of people that are playing her. Um, I think she's pretty easy to use. You rarely see Cami players dropping combos with her. She has a ton of easy mode stuff. I've messed around with a character in training mode. Man, is she basic and very easy to use. And probably in comparison to almost any other cast member of the, the game. I don't know. I don't know if there's someone that's easier than Cami that's as good as she is. I, I think she has to be number one in that regard guard um and then she has lopsided matchups against mid and lower tier characters in this game so let's mm -hmm. say you run across an alex player it's like well hey guess what i'm not really worried about you at all because i play cami and and there's a bunch of matchups you don't really need to have to know um it's it's also not really a shock when someone goes for a pocket character and they're struggling and it's like oh hey guess what i've got a cami it's like yeah you've got a pocket cami what a shock <laughs> you know it's pretty much what everyone is so i i, I will say that I actually did have trouble deciding between her and the fourth spot overall. Um, it's possible that, you know, the fourth character I have will outdo what Cami does this year on the CPT. Um, but just the ridiculous level of popularity of this character would not allow me to put her any lower than third. Uh, it is just so common that you see Cami come out in tournament with someone. I mean, even Knuckle Doo plays her, and I, I, I'm not sure if, if, if like, Cammy's his main now or what's going on, but it's the the biggest person who's who's dropped her um uh I, I think it's you know obviously we've got nl we've got valoran who's, who's messing up with it or uh, messing with other characters and we also have cj truth who's moved over to colleen so people are dropping her but it's still it's just like oh man it's like yeah there's 20 camis in this tournament oh yeah not not a shock so right and so my like as i kind of alluded to my top five is broken in between um the top two for sure, Akuma and Rashid, which were very easy. It's like, oh, okay, well, we'll start there. And then the last three, Kami was actually the last one that I put into the top five. Okay. Not to say that she's fifth place, but uh, my first note is Kami, I guess. <laughs> and a, a big part of that is just how many people are playing her, as you've, as you've said. And some of that might just be run over from, you know, when she was absolutely the best and has been for so long. It's hard to kind of migrate away to somebody else. As far as I, I think she was, you said she wasn't touched very much. I think she was definitely like focused and, and nerfed by Capcom. But what that did was got rid of some of the like more brain dead stuff that she had. Um, but that didn't take away from the fact that she already has fundamental tools that make you good in this game. Her, her footsies, her damage output, 
her speed, her approaches from the air, all of these things really translate into um, a lot of success in this game. And where she has to think about it a little bit more, as we've seen with, I think, virtually every character that we've talked about have all gone through nerf sessions where they've just had to think about it more. But they haven't had like their foundational, fundamental game plan pulled out from under them like someone like abigail you might argue has Mm -hmm. and and so she's still able to do it it's not as easy which is good which means she's not going to get as many wins which means she's not as good as she was at least from from certain angles i can't really not put her in the top five based on just the tangible fact that everyone's still playing her Um, And that she still has the foundation, even if she has to work a little bit harder, she can get it done. There are other characters that just don't have the foundational fundamental tools to consistently get it done. And that's interesting. We'll get into that a little bit more later with one of the other characters that I have. But you were saying, what if I don't put certain characters? Am I going to get reamed for it? Cammy kind of falls into that camp, too, of like... Yeah, you kind of have to put Cammy up there, and and that might change. Maybe yep. this, maybe the twenty nineteen season plays out, and more people go away from her, and she doesn't get these kinds of results, and we go, yeah, she's a top ten, but she might not be a top five anymore. But we're still so close to the twenty eighteen season, and that was so defined by Cammy in so many ways that we haven't we haven't done enough in the way of just like getting cold hard facts to really pull her out of the top five yeah if you had a top five list and you did not have cami on there i'd be looking at you crosswise even though i know just from doing this how how difficult it is to make a top five and to put characters in there like it's it's just it's so hard not to have her there based on her performance like it's just she's so damn common but but there it is well well and and one of the other ways that i i should have said this earlier on but we've got um i think three big tier lists thus far for season four mm-hmm. that um, that I've been also using to kind of get an idea. That's the Topanga tier list, the Shen tier list, and the Momochi's tier list. Um, Momochi has Kami somewhere in the top nine, but um, technically, if, if you look at his list here, um, he's got if it's ordered from right to left and top to bottom, which I believe it is, he's got uh, Rashid, Akuma, Ibuki, Birdie, Colleen, that's five, and then Karen, and then Cami as number seven. So, and then if you look at Shen's, who he did it a little bit differently, he took the quote-unquote scientific approach where he gave specific attributes a specific weight and then analyzed each character by that. It took him a few days to do so. One of those was their ability to escape or corner switch. And, um, and like I, I think a, like Rashid, that was a very heavy, like very strong attribute to have. He's got um, Akuma, then Ibuki, then Rashid, then uh, Nikali, Zeku, and you actually don't see Kami until, um, wow, where do you see Kami? She's like way down there, or maybe she's not even on, oh yeah, she's like way down between Jury and Ken at like 15th or maybe even farther than that, but she's way the hell down there. Um, and then you look at the Topanga list, Kami looks like she's sixth. Yep. She's tied with Zangi for sixth. So it's like a lot of these really respected players are not putting her very high up there. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something. So maybe she maybe she isn't there, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think CN's list uh, speaks very much to what I said before about her being very easy to use and not very scientific. I just, she's, ugh, yeah, it's... I, 
Yeah, I don't want to go too far there because I do have respect for people who play Kami. I just, I definitely don't respect you as someone who plays like a Zeku or a Colleen or something like that or a Karen. It's like I have way more respect for people who play those characters than freaking Kami. But anyway, sure. yeah. And that's understandable. Like, it's, it's just in terms of how much work you'll have to put in to get the same kind of result. Yes. Uh, so next up here, I, I've got Karen, and this was very close between Kami and Karen. And again, Kami uh, won by usage pretty much alone. Um, Karen was the winningest character in season one on the CPT by a long shot. She was, in my opinion, the best character in season one. I know a lot of people said Chun-Li or Ryu or whatever. I always, yeah, I always thought it was Karen. Uh, and and by a long shot because of just how much she was winning in tournament. Uh, she's fallen off heavily since that time. Um, but we're seeing her rise up again um, with the other higher tiers being nerfed. And to put it simply, punk. Um, uh, you talked about this in your article last night and you said like, look, I don't think we're even having this conversation if it's not for punk. And I 120% agree. Um, mm-hmm. if he's not doing this, uh, this character is not back on the map. Uh, she, okay. She was never off the map to begin with, right? She's always been, you know, always been there, but really high up on people, people's radars. Now everyone's looking at this character, they're game planning for her. Um, you can you could try to you know say you know Bonchan or whomever, but it's like look, it's like it's Punk who's doing this, and he's just doing things that like even other pro players are looking at and going, wow, really? That's what you're doing? Like you're pulling off single hit confirms? Cons- really? Okay, great. You know, thanks. Uh, I don't know what we. I'm gonna go play Cami now because I, I have to play someone stupid to, to compensate for that. You know, but anyway, um, it, it's it's amazing what he's doing and what I'm getting at. But I, I again, I don't have Karen up here if if Punk is not. Uh, out there. So do you have Karen on your list? Well, if you, as you read the article last night, I do, I, I, I do have her in the top five and she is to me the most interesting one to make it into the top five because she's the, the most unique case in a certain way. And that is because we talked about like pillars, the things that elevate characters up to that, that top five status where they particularly shine. Karen's got a, a plenty of things going for her, but the thing that takes her to the very top in a nutshell is her footsies. Mm-hmm. And Street Fighter V, since the beginning, has not been regarded as a footsies kind of game where where you can be good at a lot of things, but footsies is not something that's particularly efficient. And now as the game has evolved, as we've gotten the damage from crush counters and V-trigger activations nerfed, as we've extended um, hurt boxes or, or left them out longer, um, in 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 whiffed neutral situations, and as we've uh, gotten rid of the input lag, Karen's footsies, well, footsies in general, have become a more valid tactic. And I believe Karen, with her walk speed and her normals and her confirms, has is the best footsies character in the game. She, uh, you're making does... him not cry over here, but yeah, that, your your point's well taken. <laughs> okay, but I just I have to, you know, I have to give a little shout to my character too. But anyway, yes, sure, sure. And and Minot has been regarded as a as a counter to Karen, mm-hmm. and so has Birdie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they necessarily have footsies in the same way, but they have a counter to a, a footsie play where they can stick out these. Uh, in in Manat's case, she can stick out these buttons that don't have hurt boxes on them, so like her risk is is much less there. And it's like, who cares? You're not going to whiff punish me. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it will, as, as you, if you read the article, there's a little segment where Punk actually beats Justin Wong by whiff punishing. Yes. His, uh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, whiff punishing is is standing fierce punch. But uh, just real quick, I, I want to add on to that that uh, Dream King, who I play him all the time, he is starting to whiff punish my buttons with Manat. It's hard to do, um, and I mean I played against. Abigail a lot. I know it's really hard to whiff punish him as well, um, but also it's possible to do just for players out there struggling with, with playing against her. You can do it. 
So was is he using like rush punch with G? Uh, no, uh, yeah, that he's using rough uh, rush punch with um, standing. Um, when I do ha- standing heavy punches, you know the classic move where Manat like throws out her orb, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, he's also using. I think it's. Um, I think it's his stand medium punch or uh, even back heavy punch sometimes to to kind of go around my buttons. And the thing about Minot is you do not want someone in your face at advantage, right? And so sometimes he's not even like punishing me, but he's getting, he's following my orbit. And you know this very well from playing Nikali because Nikali can't really whiff punish like crap with Minot, right? But mm-hmm. he can follow the orb in as it's coming back to me and, and mess me up and get in a good spot. So Right, exactly. So... Um, let's see, where was I here? Uh, uh, Karen, her, her footsies are the thing, the single pillar that I think takes her up that high. She's got other stuff that's good, but none of the other stuff that I think she has like really take her up that high. She's got pretty obvious weaknesses in her lower life, in her, um, her non, not as consistent anti-airs. And, uh, and, and like, she's got a, you know, decent ish V triggers, but I don't think those are like game breaking Mm -hmm. where you have other characters whose V trigger is just, you know, like everything. She really rides the footsie wave. And in a game where we didn't traditionally see footsies as being the make or break kind of efficiency tool, that's interesting that now it, it truly has become that. One other thing is as, as crazy as her one hit confirms are, I think that they're in in a sense in in the specific angle they're actually um, I don't want to say easier because because they're not easy by any any means but the, the I think the cancel window to get that just frame uh, tenko afterwards is actually a little bit late which mm-hmm. is another reason why it's hard it's a little bit later than than if you've played virtually any other character than you're used to once you've got that down it's not really an issue anymore but because it's a little bit later you have maybe a little bit longer to react to the to to get that cancel out. Mm-hmm. So again, doesn't make it easy by any means. It's very impressive that Punk can do what he can do, and and other characters, or I'm sorry, other players, because there are plenty of players on various levels. You have Punk's level, then you have people like Johnny, but then you have you know people like up and comers like Rob TV. There's there there, and then you go online, you'll see people playing Karen all over the place. She's a very popular character, so she's got that box checked off as well. Um, but as far as footsies go, she really shines there, and that has become as evidenced by Punk. And I and again. If he wasn't doing what he's doing, uh, I don't think that, like you said, I wouldn't have her up there. Um, but he's shown that you can use that, and that ultimately gets the job done. And it doesn't seem like there's any one character, even Birdie, even Manat, as evidenced by Punk beating Justin Wong and beating Fudo in tournament recently uh, with footsie tools. That it's like she has what it takes to win. It's not easy. It's mm-hmm. not. It's like you have to be constantly ready. You have to be on point. You don't get any freebies. She's not. Never do you see Karen and go, oh, she's just autopiloting that in because it'll probably work. She's always actively on her toes, doing what she needs to do to to win. But, um, but I think because she has that, she. It's a very rare case where all your eggs are in this one basket, and it's the right basket to have them. Yep. And um and you and but so I was saying that there are some characters that just have a lot of different things going for them. And you go back to that on paper argument. I like to bring up Nikali because you have a character here. He's got a three frame. He's got an invincible reversal. He's got um, his his V trigger and all that that implies. He's got a dive kick. He's got a command grab. You look at paper and you go, oh, easily best character in the game. But then, of course, he has nowhere near consistent results. And when's the last time Nikali took down you know a CPT event? It's, it's, I, don't, I don't know. Um, and so... so 
so that's a, an interesting way of looking at, at these characters and saying, yeah, and sometimes all you need is this one thing. And that happens to be Karen right now. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll shout out a couple other people playing her. Obviously, we've got Bonchan. You mentioned Johnny. Oh, yeah, um, and then we've got actually two Minot players now using her as an alt. And that's Justin Wong and ZJZ. Uh, that's the Capcom uh, Cup last chance qualify qualifier winner um phenom who plays nikali is now actually uh, uh playing um karen now sometimes and then there's a handful of others we are seeing people flock to this character and again that speaks to me as her being pretty darn good but i will also mention she's one of the more technical characters in the entire game she is fairly hard to play it takes a lot of timing practice and fundamentals to play this character at a high level she is not a free win button in any way shape or form uh, generally people respect the heck out of you if you play her um, she doesn't generate a lot of salt but if you play Mika uh, and you're Luffy um, you hate the character for some reason and think she's random because of uh, of low medium kick and it's just like it, it that kind of boggles my mind but um, a few other things she has going for her is um, her standing heavy punch no longer crush counters which was actually a huge buff for her because she didn't have to try to like option select if you know she hit you without a neutral which was a big deal you know you know how often you get a counter hit with a, a heavy button right uh, and then yes. she got her health up to um, from 900 to 925. That's good quality of life improvements for this character who, you know, you could argue like she could definitely use it if you wanted to have her as a top tier character, which is fine. I'd rather see a footsie character that's hard to play be a top tier because I respect that a hell of a lot more than a cami, right? Um, so mm-hmm. anyway, I, I see her being a consistent threat throughout the 2019 season, not only from Punk, but from other people because people are picking this character up and playing her uh, because she's dang, really dang good. So. You know what's really cool? That we've been seeing... Uh, so Momochi takes a character like Zeku to, uh, and to win um, Evo Japan, right? Which is still season four, even if it's not on the Pro Tour. And then Zeku's also in grand finals uh, with Momochi versus Punk at the uh, at final round. And then grand finals of NCR is Karen and Akuma. And like we said, Akuma, like he still garners respect, even though he's good. Mm-hmm. Where... Rashid or Cami or um, you know some of these other characters that feel a little more easy mode or a little more just dial in the thing and it's probably going to work out for you more often than these other ones where they've really had to juggle everything constantly and be ready for the situation and and therefore there's not much room for when a person wins with these characters to go well did you mean to do that or did you get lucky and how and what percentage of that was well you happened to clip them with the really good move that you have that you were going to do anyway and it's like it's it's kind of hard to measure that so i don't want to take too much away from people that are winning with these other characters but it's a good look for the game especially for those that are more competitively minded and especially for those that have um trashed street fighter 5 as a as like you know a, a game with training wheels and just like oh just do it and and i mean we've we've i've had a lot of gripe with the game because of those kind of things but to see these characters that garner a lot more respect more, much more often be in the uh, the grand final situations is a really good look for the game. Um, and, and I'm very happy to see them winning as much as they are. Speaking of characters that fit that mold to a T, I have Birdie at number five. <laughs> and um, this is this is kind of funny. And I, I want to know who your final character is here too. Um, but it's I think the perception of Birdie has changed dramatically. And of all players, like at all people to point to, I'll actually turn to you um, because you've pretty much gone from like not – exactly hating the character but definitely not respecting what he was I super hated the character yeah okay super hated the character. all right fair enough and and, and now you have a, a fairly good amount of respect for him and what he's doing um uh do you have birdie on your top five or do you have someone else 
Well, no. So my top five were Akuma and Rashid, and then in no particular order, uh, Karen and Kami and Ibuki. Okay. All so right. that those those are my five. Um, with Karen being like kind of a an, an almost kind of like an arbitrary side movement, or, or, or a, a lateral movement, I should say. Um, anyways, uh, but but Birdie was definitely in the conversation, especially because uh, all of these, you know, the aforementioned um, tier lists. Momochi has him up there in the top four, and uh, and it looks like Topanga has him as like number one, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Which either oh way, gosh. they're yeah. Yeah, and you see Fudo having changed over from Mika to Birdie, and we've seen a lot of new potential. He's gotten some significant buffs, and they've been buffs in the right direction with his V-Trigger 2, uh, exploring, making the character more nuanced, and um, and they've also, Capcom has nerfed down the things that were really dumb about him to to an extent where mm-hmm. um, he still gets away with some stuff. He still has like these ridiculously long-reaching normals that end up crush-countering you sometimes and whatnot, but, but there's like a game plan against him, and there are answers he's a character that you do have to lab like G yes. which we'll probably talk about later and and so he very well might be a top five like I wouldn't be surprised you could you could exchange probably any of those other three out for birdie after a little more evidence has come up and I'd go yeah sure especially with the people that are saying he's as good as he is saying he's as good as he is there's plenty of potential there he's a great he's actually a great footsies character yep. now especially yeah, yeah. with standing medium punch and converting it into stuff um, and, and he's been much much more pleasant to watch. Uh, with V Trigger Two combos and and the the further mind games that come about from that the cancels into the chain the fact that that's not a um, a free cancel anymore that he's very punishable when he activates V Trigger Two off of most stuff uh, and and <laughs> on that note a lot of times you'll see Fudo just activate and take a hit or something yep. from certain ranges just because he wants to get the V Trigger out and it's worth trading that life for mm-hmm. which that's interesting yep. like that's a fairly nuanced character and you go Ooh, what's what's going on here that's not something that you see every day and so yes uh, he's he's definitely got the tools to get the job done in a lot of situations i wonder if he doesn't start to run into some pretty bad matchups and such Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that's something of my hesitation actually let me jump in in there and say i think that's one of the reasons how come he he's so far up the the chain now haha damn it i mean that but anyway there it is um is actually uh abigail monat were both nerfed pretty well and those were two traditionally very bad matchups for birdie and i still think monat beats him but i don't think she beats him as well as as she previously did because of stan heavy punch being nerfed and kind of her zoning buttons being nerfed a decent bit um plus the v trigger two buff as you've been mentioning that's a huge deal for birdie um and it lets him fight a little earlier in the matchup and kind of combat some stuff that's going on uh so i think that he's better like from a tiers and matchup standpoint quite a bit because of that like uh, he was always like a fairly popular character with um with men at rd trash box um those two guys playing him uh but now of course as you mentioned we're seeing fudo play him uh we're seeing uh veggie the the most handsome man alive in the fighting game community or probably in real life (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but another person you would not expect is, is goichi um he appears to have mostly dropped monat for birdie and i get it you know he's playing dragon ball fighters a lot right so uh, it's hard to keep up with like you know maybe the most technical character in the entire game it's very hard to do um so you know pick a birdie and i'm not saying birdie's easy to play or anything like that just he's not as insane as monat is and he's really damn good and and so i'm seeing people start to flock to the character and i'm going all right like i get it like and, and i i again on my list i want to reward that when i see top players going to him i think there's usually some pretty darn good reasons why uh i may not fully understand them all but i'm i'm gonna back that up right 
So yeah. um, I, I can't think of anyone offhand who's dropped him. And I definitely seeing, you know, his usage is growing over season three. Um, there's a strong case to be made right now that he might be the most popular version of Birdie we have ever seen in Street Fighter V. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he does well against some of the top tier characters here. Karen and Ibuki, um, we, that's kind of his infamous matchups of being those two characters. Those are two very, very good and, and dominant characters in this game that you want to be good with, right? Um I think that I could be wrong here. V Trigger 2 is so strong. I do wonder if a damage nerf might be in its future. But at the same time, what you just mentioned, it's not a free activation. It's a very different kind of V Trigger than what we're used to. And you can't look at this stuff in a vacuum. You have to look at every character's tool sets, like what they mean to the game and, and how they impact everyone. And, you know, so that might be, you know, the damage might be too much, but it also does that obliterate you know birdie in the process and you're taking a character away at that point who's pretty fundamentally well built right like we're, we're not having huge issues with them anymore so you know you have to be careful what you tweak in these games is what i'm getting at uh, the the testament to the way he has changed we're seeing a lot less of just random i hope this works uh ex is it i never remember between bullhorn bullhead the the forward moving you know, yeah head is, is the one that charges you forward horn is the one that flies in the air so. Okay, so we're seeing a lot less bullheads, um, and and I mean it's still it, that's been nerfed a bit, but we're we're seeing instead of that of just like going in for I hope is it's gonna you know it's gonna be favorable for me. We're seeing a lot more hang back and like try to poke you with a, a super long sweep or or a standing medium punch to counter hit. You're seeing Birdie played a little more conservatively, and look no further than the way we saw Mena play Birdie at Capcom Cup uh, 2017 versus how we're seeing Fudo play Birdie now. Mena was so reads-based, right? You get get up there, you, you read your way into your opponent's face, and then you read your way, uh, you know, between command grab versus... Um, you know, like a, just a strike versus another bullhorn, whatever. And and that play was, I and mean, we've talked about that before, being like, well, it, it either works or it doesn't. And it, it you know, it, Mena is really, really good at reading what his opponents want to do to the point where he was able to read Tokido enough to reset and then win Capcom Cup. It's like, you know, that's no easy feat. But it's a very different style than how we're seeing someone like Fudo, who has seen the most success with the character here in Season 4 thus far, um, play. And, and I really enjoy watching the the style that Fudo is playing he's getting more uh, into that uh, like what or I feel it's more like I can see why he's doing what he's doing and it seems much more informed and it seems with much more intent and um, and it's something that I can just get behind so I'm, and, and I'm really I will jump the in there and say I, I always felt that Mena RD's footsies were really highly underrated even during his Capcom Cup run um, I saw this stuff you know previously fr- from him but I don't entirely disagree that he was more reads based than someone like a Fudo is right Fudo is generally very calculated and he's kind of infamous with Mika for not going for wild command grabs where Mena RD was definitely betting that stuff um, there's a, there's a difference between their play styles but I just want to jump in and say that I really felt Mena's footsies were so highly underrated um, I felt during that run he had some of the best of the entire year. But there it is. Well, sure. And and part of being able to set up those situations, and if you're a reads-based player, you have to whittle your opponent down to uh, you know, making giving them as few options as possible so that you can accurately choose which option they're gonna go for. And a big part of conditioning and and putting them into or limiting their options is having a strong footsies game. So it's like you can't play the way Mena did without having something there for footsies absolutely but it's a still a very stark contrast between the way he's getting damage and and closing things out versus the way fudo tends to do it where fudo's like man he's he whiff punishes with ex command grab like what <laughs> he, and that's 
like right. he's not moving forward, he's moving backwards and then gets an AX command grab. And you're like, well, you didn't just do that right. because you know you don't you don't just do that. You you're like he's gonna extend here and then he, yeah, anyways, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving along here, we, we've got our honorable mentions. Uh, at least I do. Um, and I'll just I'll mention that uh, Bison didn't make my top five, even though I had him up really high. You know, initially, um, Dogra has switched over to him from Urian. Uh, Problem X looks to be playing him exclusively. I haven't seen him bust out Abigail at all. Um, you're definitely seeing Bison rise up the charts, but his results have simply been too unproven right now for me to put him in my top five. Um, did you have Bison up on your list at all? Bison's in the, the honorable mentions, as is Birdie, mm-hmm. um, as is Zeku. Okay. And and I think Zeku might be a top five contender. Yes. It's just we haven't seen enough from him. Uh, and actually, uh, on the note of Zeku, I have Colleen and him basically in the same spot. Um, I, I think that both of those characters um, uh, would be, I had a, basically a top nine, right? Um, and they're in there. Just my only issue with both of them is that I think they're very strong from a matchups and tier standpoint. I just can't see them dominating the field the same way as the other characters I've mentioned. And again, they don't have the results, even though a handful of people are using them at a, a very high clip. You know, we've got Momochi, we've got CJ Truth. Uh, um, there's a lot of great players with these characters. Um, it's just they they don't have people just flocking to them like crazy and just like using them up and down. They're They're very good, but they don't have that just emphatic like a lot of people are using these characters type thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. All right. So next up, then we have uh, most overrated character in the game, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and kick this one off here. Uh, this is a character who is placed in the same tier as uh, as Kami by Fudo, Haitani, Bonchan, Tokido, Gachakun, and Mago, and that would be Zangief. And I think Zangief is hands down the most overrated character in the game. I don't even really think it's up for argument if you follow the tier list and stuff like that. Because his results so far in 2019 haven't been even remotely close to living up to the hype that he has. This They have him as basically like the sixth best character in the game, pretty much. And I'm seeing a lot of collective opinions about this character saying that he's way more than he is, in my opinion. Um, I, think it, I think he's a vastly improved character in Season 4 from where he was. Because, I mean, we pretty much had a bottom tier character. But on the same level as cammy like really like how could you even logically put that out there in my opinion it, it's like cammy is one of the absolute most popular characters we're barely seeing zangief um Itazan is now playing him you know uh itabashi zangief like the the namesake of him he's playing him only about half the time with abigail the other half um and he's about the only notable convert of the character like he was like he's it because uh, pretty much everyone else who's playing him um, before was, was still playing him like you know from season three to season four like th- he was dreadful he was terrible yet the people were still playing him so I, I can't count that as like people picking up the character again they've just stuck with him this entire time um, so anyway uh, I've seen the other tier list out there not just you know by by the notable you know Topanga crew and all that kind of stuff that have Geef up near the top his results are not backing up anything of the sort um i have him as a mid-tier character um maybe that will be proven wrong um but i do not see i still do not see how he's a gigantic threat in this version um he's clearly better but one of the best characters in the game come on give me a break like who's who's proving this right now who's going to prove that so someone proved me wrong uh zangief is hella overrated there it is (laughs) yeah i i don't disagree with a lot of that uh but so Momochi also has him, I guess, technically at ninth place. Um, but that's only because his tier list spreads to has faults versus is well-rounded. Mm-hmm. And very rarely are you going to see a grappler gravitate towards the well-rounded side of the spectrum right. just because of the natural grappler archetype. So 
Um, of course, he's going to be over there, but that's Zangief and any grappler from virtually the history of fighting games. It's very rare you're not going to see that he's on the has fault side of things. Right. Um, on paper, he's got the damage output and he's got the Oki now that he didn't really have before. And, and so I see why he's been elevated to that kind of status. But we, like you say, haven't seen the results yet. So the jury for me is kind of out on Geef. Uh, he might be up there, but I, I also haven't really seen people people elevate him like that outside of like the Topanga guys and I guess Momochi as well here. So I, I don't know that I've, I've heard his praises sung so much. I've heard other characters' praises sung, I think more so, with um, kind of similar results to what he's had so far. So that's why he, he didn't, you know, he wasn't my pick for this. But I see what you're saying. Um, I just think that we need more information before we can go one way or the other. All right, so who you got, John? Who's your overrated character? So this was the hardest thing for me to pick simply because I didn't, like, there are characters that are, they have their praises sung, and I go, yeah, no, and, and they, they should be. Maybe they're like a top 10 or so, and people aren't really, I didn't really disagree with where people put a lot of of characters. But if I had to pick someone for this, based on the only you know few months of data that we've got and reactions and community reactions and pro player reactions bison was a character that everyone said was mm. going to be the best hands down on paper and he hasn't seen those kinds of results yet but if you were to say bison's not like not too high up there people would really kind of get mad at you uh, i think at this point uh, so it, this is not a hard, firm, it's Bison, but for me, I guess Bison made the most sense for this mm-hmm. based on how people have been talking about him versus what I've seen from him thus far. I, I think we expected a lot more out of the character than, than what we've got, and, and maybe that changes. Maybe maybe it just takes some time for you know Problem X to come out with you know whatever he's going to do, and he's, he's getting decent results. Um, Hot Dog is another one up there that's getting decent results. I think he got second. At the uh, at the event where uh, Fujimura won it all, if I recall correctly, but I think the expectation was for Bison to come out like beating everyone and being a number one character, um, and and he's seen okay results, but it hasn't hit there. So as far as the disparity between expectation and where the character seems to actually have landed, I think Bison's had the biggest one there. It's not to say that he's a bad character. It's just to say that, um, again, we're talking about the disparity of expectations. So I think that he was supposed to be higher. He's not where he was expected to be. So therefore, he is overrated. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good candidate. I mean, it's we, everyone expected him to come like just shooting out of the cannon, you know, uh, exploding all over the scene and, and just being a dominant and horrible presence that everyone's having to deal with. And that has not been the case so far. Um, and I think we, you know, um, on the podcast, uh, you and me and Steven, we're all kind of uh, uh, preaching that too. Like, hey, Bison's going to be a big time threat. It hasn't happened, yep. and it still could. You know, it still very much could, but I, I think that's a pretty damn solid pick. So, Yeah, when the, when the Evo champ suddenly, uh, if he was able to get it done and win Evo with this character, and then the character got better on the tier list, whether that be because of nerfs for others or increases in his own right, you know, like, we're still, you know, he got this, he got this parry that he's able to now do to um, just regular moves as opposed to fireballs, but we're very rarely seeing too much with that. Like it, 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 that hasn't really seemed to be a game changer for mm-hmm. him. And and even the nerfs and stuff from the other characters, still these other guys are you know Hershey, Akuma, Ibuki seem to be above him. So uh, so yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, I went first on the other one. Who do you have as your most underrated character? <laughs> this was interesting too because again, it's kind of community perception. Um, and when you look at the the tier lists uh, for Topanga, 
Guess who's at the very bottom? G. Yeah. The the East does not think G is good. The West, I thought, felt G was very good. Mm-hmm. But the more we've talked about it, I've been getting some flack, man, for saying that G <laughs> is is good. And now, now I will concede that um, a significant portion of that does turn out to be like, well, you just need to know the frame data and you need to play specific, like you have to, you play G for the first time against someone that knows what they're doing. They're going to run over you. It's a character that you have to have experience with and you have to take into the lab and you have to know ranges and you have to know frame data or else he has a lot of of uh, gimmicky stuff that he can pull out on you and, and just, and then just wallop you with his offense. Um, that said, like you, you can you can offset that a lot more than it than it seems you can when you first play them, and and so there's been a progress there where like yeah okay I, I just need to stand here and I need to not do stuff here because he has you know stuff like low rush or like his flip kick and and, and things along those lines. Um, as we've talked about, I do think V trigger, especially V trigger cancels, are just a little bit too OP for what he gets for him. Um, and and I don't think that the character is necessarily a top fiver. Where I was entertaining the idea just a few weeks ago, I've I've kind of abandoned that. It does seem like, I mean, considering how low uh, people like at Topanga are putting the character, it's like, well, there has to be something to that. Mm-hmm. Like they're not they're not. Well, they are gods. <laughs> so a lot of them are the the five gods yeah. of, of of yeah. But no, the, the, the but, something I mean, to know. that is that they don't know how to play against the character properly. <laughs> that's a that's a something to it. I think is what we're seeing. Well, uh, yeah, maybe they but, do because yeah. they put him so. Oh low. no way! Now, There's no way they just don't know. So <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll bet I, money I on that one. But yeah, I got what you're saying. So I, I figure like the West is going to put him up high, and sh- he's he's. Like Gustavo, Ada One Strider, and Smug have switched to playing this character in tournament, and immediately both of them are getting results. Mm-hmm. And um, and I go like, hey, that they're both very good players, but like they switched character up, and now they're getting like like last year Smug had one or two really good days with Balrog. He did amazing at E League, but that kind of felt like it was more like, well, Smug had a good day, but he that wasn't as as consistent, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Smug's a great player, but he wasn't. He wasn't getting up there to be like just barely second place to Tokido on the regular. That happened once, and then I think he, he might have taken down a, a Pro Tour event or, or two. But then then he explodes out of the gate with like top eight finish, and, and then Gustavo gets ninth after taking kind of a year off to kind of you know figure things out and whatnot. It's like there's there's a testament to this character being fairly strong, and with the amount of downplay that I'm seeing from from like the Topanga guys. Um, and then, like when Momochi was putting his tier list together, there was an English translation that I, I haven't verified is is completely accurate. But I, I watched it at least for the part where um, I remember seeing the part where he was placing G, and he initially had him, and he wanted to put him lower. And then he said, as far as the translation went, well, but but America or the West really likes him, so for that reason, I will put him up here. And he puts him like on the third rung up from the bottom, and he wanted to put him lower. It's like. Um, people do not think this character is very good um and, and it's like yeah he's he's got some faults but even on defense um last night i shared this tweet with you from uh from what brian f was saying and he talked about my, on the podcast a little while ago and we, i also brought up what he had said before but as far as defense goes people go well he's offset his his crazy good offense that i don't think anyone argues that he has amazing offense and corner carry and damage output and such but it's like well but that's offset because he doesn't have good defense brian f said uh, people still have an antiquated non-SF5 idea of what a quote-unquote defensive option is. In SF5, if you have a normal that shifts your hurtbox 
to avoid common strings or a longer range faster normal that will beat these strings, that's a defensive option. G has these things. And then he goes on to say, G's four frame jabs are such far range that your normal pressure strings end after three hits overextend and you're dead and what that translates to is is one it's it's like there's some there's an answer on defense simply because you you either get hit and it translates into g damage or what it what it means at a higher level a more thoughtful level is what brian is saying there you your normal pressure strings just end early and it's like wait a second that's pretty good if like most characters normal pressure strings end a little earlier against you because mm-hmm. of because of these normals that you have so it's like that's something that i don't think many of us have entertained very much in considering the character's abilities on defense and um and so like with that in mind it sounds like the general consensus here has still put him a little bit lower than I think he should be. So that's why I say he's underrated. Yeah, um, I, I want to jump in and go back to what you mentioned about Smug being inconsistent. And I would argue since season two, like all Balrog players have been pretty inconsistent. That is what their their MO is. And I think that's what that character is. He's either going to smack you around really hard on a couple of great reads or he's going to lose pretty damn badly. Um, his defense isn't anything to write home about. Uh, I think he has a lot of issues with some matchups. I think Brian F. illustrated those really well in the podcast did with them where he was losing to basically excuse me all the top characters all the top tiers in season three on a pretty you know reasonable basis right and and so uh i think that speaks a lot to what smug has has ran into and i think that's why you're seeing g um do better i think g is a much more well-rounded character haha i know that probably sounds you know funny but he's more well-rounded than balrog is at least he's definitely better um so i i think that speaks to a bit to that but um i will say that the opinion of g i i think that your your choice here is a good one um because it's been all over the map um people have talked about the character being top five top ten no there's no way he's in top ten you know it's it's pretty much been all over but a lot of the strongest voices in the room uh, they've definitely been saying he's you know not that great and to call him underrated I don't think is unfair in the slightest uh, and I'll also go back to a quote here that Itazan had after he played I think 801 Strider at NorCal Regionals and uh, I think he said flat out um, yeah we're wrong about G <laughs> we're really wrong about this character <laughs> and I don't think Itazan was involved really with the, the tier list making at all um, but he knows what the opinion is about the character and he's just like yeah we're wrong so um, I think that speaks very well to your point we were talking a little bit about how there are certain things that if like it doesn't matter that you're you're good with you know the the great stuff that like someone like Nikali has there are certain things that if you're good at doing these you're going to flourish in Street Fighter 5 specifically in this atmosphere and i think G checks a lot of those specific boxes yeah. um and and that might not be as a, as apparent yeah as some others like you know like a cami or a rashid but i think g is, is definitely up there um just out of curiosity where do you generally place the character on your tier list because my i personally right now i have him in a, in somewhere in top 10 uh, yeah um i don't necessarily have him right in my top 10 but he's around the top 10 uh, i probably have him in about the 10 to 15 range um i think that he has enough weaknesses once people download him i think he's a highly technical character um i have him as my top three uh in my top three i should say in terms of technical ability required to play him outside of e-trigger one Uh uh-huh uh once people start to get a feel for what his real weaknesses are and how to approach and attack him, because he's a he's a weird character. There's no getting around it. Like he does not fundamentally play a lot of the things you would expect a character to do in Street Fighter Five or any Street Fighter for that matter. There's certain things you have to approach the character with and do. Once you understand those things, he gets quite a bit worse. And I'm not saying he's bad, um, but I, I think people. Um, 
people who are struggling with him probably think he's a little better than he is. And the people who yeah, those first impressions yeah. like we were saying. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I have him around the 10 to 15 range, which is really good in this game. Uh, he's in a very high uh, end of things. Um, and, and he's capable of handling a lot of characters and a lot of matchups really well. And, and he doesn't have a lot of major flaws that would keep him out of like being a very strong character in this. So um, somewhere around kind of like where I have Manat at, if that, you know, kind of helps people at home um i still think Minot is very good she's just no longer like a top three top five beast that she was before mm-hmm. she's still very good though um and probably being a bit underrated herself but uh but yeah you know uh 801 strider shared his g matchup tier chart and he has he has only five characters that have advantage against g those being cammy and then get this nash and ibuki and then uh, i'm sorry nash and armika hmm. and then above them but still at advantage is uh, Ibuki and Akuma. Mm. And so, like, those are the characters that be... Like, three of those are, like, okay, those are of, of the top tiers. But then Nash and, and, and Mika, like, you're not going to run into those quite as often, especially not Nash. And then even matchups. Uh, let me jump in, actually, just real quick and say that Fudo actually 2 would 801 Strider at NCR with Mika. And we know that there Fudo's been playing uh, Birdie quite a bit. He specifically went back to go play our Mika against him. And then guess who else took out uh, 801 Strider at NCR? That would be Fujimura with Ibuki 2-1. Um, and mm-hmm. so I do actually think that speaks pretty well to especially in the case of Fudo, it's like, dude, you play birdie now, right? I mean, we know you still have a Mika. We know your Mika's terrific, but why, why have all matchups sometimes did you go do that? And, I've always felt very strongly that it's a huge indicator of a matchup when you see someone either switch off of it to another character to beat a character or do something like that consistently. If it happens here and there, whatever, but if it happens consistently where you see someone like, okay, I'm not playing this matchup, like you know that matchup's probably a 7-3 or worse. So having Cammy, if, if this is if this is accurate, and Gustavo's a pretty smart mm-hmm. guy and he does a lot of research and homework and all this, so so yeah, you're having a hard time with two of the three of the top tiers. But then he says he goes even with the likes of Colleen, Urian, Rashid, Bison, Karen, Birdie, Minot, and Zeku, and all of those guys are are like up there as pretty big threats. Some yeah. of them are like in our top fives here. And so when you're going even with those guys, and and then it's it's everybody else is at a disadvantage, various levels of disadvantage from there. It's like that's a pretty good place to be for a character. So I feel like he's he's you know decently up there on the tier chart just based on on um what Gustavo's saying here about his matchups. Yep, I agree. All right, so we'll go and wrap this up here. Uh, my most underrated is Chun-Li. And uh, there's going to be an honorable mention here to Cody because if this was just a tier listing and, and you know, uh, I think Cody is massively underrated like in terms of how good he is, but no one's playing him in tournament practically at all. And I know um, Cool Kid is and there's like a handful of others looking at the character, um, but I can't in good conscience put him up there. Um, but with Chun-Li, she's already doing damage uh, in tournaments. She has five appearances in top 16 at Street Fighter Five events in 2019. And so I'm being careful not to say CPT there. Um, it, this is 2019 tournament tournaments you know you know season four all that kind of stuff but five appearances in the top 16 um you have a number of strong players who are using her like uh, mov master vampires terrence human bomb tkr ricky ortiz ludovic filipino man and even goichi is actually still keeping her around as an alt um once again fudo haitani tokido uh, all you know the topanga crew they have chun li in the same tier as falk 
what that's just mind blowing to me. It's like what? Like how do you have Chun Li that low? Like she is she's good. Like she's not incredible, but she's good. Um, so I'm not saying she's going to win multiple CPT events or anything of the sort. Um, but just the fact that people have her pretty low as a character, um, it, it's just kind of crazy to me, and that's why I'm putting her as underrated. She's also able to fly. I don't know if you've heard about. Oh that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, too, how, so. how can you fight a character who goes full Marvel on you, right? I mean, that's just yeah, uh, exactly. except for Cody, right? So that, that's what I have as my. Uh, you know, he can drop a rock <laughs> on her and boom. Uh, but anyway, uh, she's solid. Uh, I think mid tier with respectable showings against a lot of cast members. Um, she's someone you always need to have respect for and look out for. She's never a walk in the park. A strong player is going to give you a run for your money. And to to give evidence of that, uh, Zhao Hai, Storm Kubo, Smug, Knuckledoo, Gamer Beat, and Mago have all lost sets in tournament uh, in 2019 to Chun-Li players, some of them multiple times. Mm-hmm. So she's like maybe our sleeper coming up from uh, from the mid. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, yeah, I don't think she's. I, I I'm hard pressed to put her like in my top fifteen, right? I'm not like looking at Chun Li and going, "Oh, damn, she's just amazing." Like that, because if you're in the top fifteen in this game, you're really, really, really good. I still have her in the mid tier, but she is just like she's not a walk in the park. She's really underrated for what she brings to the table. You have to be wary of this character. Yeah, and and she's very much identified by uh, still by her season two drop off because she went from arguably one of the absolute best characters in the game in season one, and they hit her hard, and everybody had her under the microscope, and then they hit her hard, and then and then that became part of who she was. Was like, oh man, Chun Li, like the the glory days character that no longer gets it done. You know, she's just sidelined because she's just so terrible now, and the contrast was so stark that I think we think about her in those terms. But she's been slowly but, but surely creeping back up and yeah i think she there might be other characters that can kind of do the things that she does a little better than her but um she's showing that like i say she can get the job done now and um and maybe that another big part of it is that people are still sleeping on her when she's not a character that you can sleep on like like people are and therefore she's going to get more results that way as well so um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. And when a Chun-Li pops up, especially one that knows what they're doing, it, it's very often led to some pretty interesting matches and pretty exciting matches because she's often seen as the underdog and, and it's been an underdog that's getting upsets left and right, as you said. There you go. All right, y'all, we've ran pretty late here for this episode of the Event Hubs podcast, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But thank you all so much for listening. Uh, it's really cool for us to jump on and look at our stats and see the thousands of people like like tuning in each and every single week. And, and even the people who get upset with us that we haven't posted like, you know, right when we usually do and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's like wow, it's you actually like listening to us. It's crazy. So um, thank you all so much for the feedback that you give us. Um, you know, if you enjoy the pod, please continue to share it out there with your friends. Um, we're trying to get the word out about it so we can do more stuff with it. You know, maybe record a couple times a week versus just once, you know, trying to build up to some stuff here. So um, whatever, you know, whatever love you guys can share um, we, you know, with the community, we do appreciate it quite a bit. It helps us grow and do more things. So absolutely. Thank you guys so much. All right. I got to get out of here and go play some Colleen. All right. There it is. All right. Y'all talk to you soon.